You're listening to Being with Ayobola Deborah, the podcast, where I talk on all things pertaining to life, living, and being. Join me as I talk about some things, share some things, and be some things. A brand new episode starts right now. Hello. Welcome to a brand new episode of Being with me, your favorite hostess, Ayobola Deborah. We are on episode 43. If this is your very first time snooping around this neck of the woods, a very warm welcome to you. And if this is your second, your third, your fourth, your fifth, or even your 43rd time of tuning in, a very special shout out to you. What's popping, everyone? What's cracking? What it do? What it be? What's it been? And what is it gonna be? Fill me in. You can hit me up on all of my social medias. It's Ayabola Deborah on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also reach out to me on the official social media pages for the podcast. That's at the Being Pod, at the Being Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. I've said that, but I guess I should say that I'm on a real social media hiatus at the moment. I don't know what happened, but gradually social media has just left a really, really bitter taste in my mouth. And I find that um, I'm just not interested. I'm not interested in anything at all. Um, I hardly post um, anymore. I went on my... um, my insta instagram today and i was looking through my story archive because i'm most active on insta story went through my story archive and i realized i've only posted like twice in the last month um and they've all been podcast related um so yeah i just not really active on it but that said if you follow me when i'm back i'm back um i don't know when that's gonna be uh but yeah just kind of roll with me and follow me anyway hit me up um okay so i want to round up the navigation series um i hope that you have enjoyed it i hope that um you enjoyed the conversations i had with the people that i brought on i think when i started the series i found myself in a very unique space and i think i'm very much still in that space even more so now um and it's a very um I don't want to say alone, no, I don't want to say lonely, but I'd rather, I'd say that I'm in a, an alone space, if that makes sense, because there is a difference between being lonely and being alone, and I think that I'm in a space where I'm very much alone, um, and that uh, has been very interesting for me to navigate, um, especially because I know that usually... Um, I am the type of person that doesn't necessarily always have people around, but I'm always engaged in something. I'm always engaged in some form of communication or conversation, and I just haven't been for the last few months. Um, and that's not to say that I don't have people around me either. Um, I'd like to think that I'm blessed enough that if I was to say to certain people that I need help, I think they would very much rise to the occasion. Um, But yeah, I've just found myself in that season. And so the topics of conversation that I chose to discuss throughout the navigation series were all very, very intentional. And they covered, you know, um, 
key pillars and cornerstones of my life. Um, we talked about the transitory nature of life, life in transition, uh, careers, relationships, faith, all of those things were very, very intentional and they kind of make up where I'm at right now, mentally and emotionally. Um, I think I think that the, the crux of everything is that I feel a little bit empty. You know, when you're the strong friend, you're the one that that is there for everyone. You're the one that does everything. Sometimes it can be really overwhelming and you find yourself feeling a bit empty. I feel that way at the moment. I feel like I have nothing left to give and I'm having to grapple with myself. Um, it's that, it might sound a bit dark and emotional. It's really not, or it hasn't been so far, but I'm having to grapple with myself. And part of the discussion of this episode is um, me grappling with myself. I'll let you into a secret. I've recorded this episode quite a few times I'm not even going to say the number now because it is slightly ridiculous part of the reason is because there's been one interruption or the other um the other part of the reason is that I just wasn't satisfied with how it was going um and I think secretly part of me has found it very very cathartic and therapeutic um and I've realized that every time I've come back to re-record there's something else to add to the story there's something a new realization that I've reached um, a new moment of enlightenment um so yeah so on today's episode as the last the last one of the navigation series I would like to talk about navigating life with contentment and with fulfillment now it might be a bit of a loose link but um it's a link nonetheless and it's a link that brought me to this point so I'm gonna share the story of how it came to be, give the context and all of that jazz, and then we'll conclude in in some way or the other. So um, I was at home one Friday evening, this was a few weeks ago, and I was bored out of my head. This was before Boris, you know, had said that we can start going out again. This was just before things started opening, opening up again. I was at home, I had done everything that I'd set and prepared for myself to do by about two in the afternoon, Um, so no admin, no business work to do, didn't have any clients until the following day, Um, and so I spent my time aimlessly flicking from webpage to webpage. Um, Netflix, which I've cancelled my subscription now, Um, Disney, Amazon Prime, YouTube, I was just browsing, doing nothing. And um, I think after a few hours of just being aimless, <laughs> I, um, I found my way downstairs and I ended, I ended up doing some stretching and mild cardio, which is really good because, you know, exercise releases endorphins and all that jazz. Uh, and then I sat down to think and I, my mind began drifting to a particular situation that I went through and I think I'm still going through in some ways I'm trying to bring closure for myself now I know that in this generation a lot of people really don't vibe with closure they think it's it's a fallacy um but I think that's because often people allow closure to to be dependent or reliant on another person rather than with themselves so um I went through this situation and I'm going through the closure process for myself without that person at all, without the involvement of that person, should I say. Um, 
Now, this is going to be super off brand because it's to do with romantic relationships. And you guys know, I always say that I don't talk about my romantic relationships. I think that I'm very, very transparent with my life. I share a lot of things. Um, I'm vulnerable about certain things. And I only share things that I believe and hope will help somebody else in their journey but this particular area I've always kept it very very private and I have my reasons for doing so however I realized that this particular situation um, and thinking and reflecting on this particular situation working my way through closure on this situation brought me to this point and so I think it's only right that I share I'm gonna put a disclaimer out there there are many many layers to this story and there's going to be a lot of context and information that will be missing. There are a lot of things that I can say, but they are things that I don't want to say and I won't say them. So just rock with me. All right. So um, a couple of years ago, I met a man. Um, I'm not going to say his name, obviously. Um, I might give him a code name. Um, and the code name that I've written down is Mr. Wickham. Now, if you, <laughs> it's so shady, but if you've ever read Pride and Prejudice, you'll know who Mr. Wickham is. If you haven't, Pride and Prejudice is a classic um, and Mr. Wickham is a character within that book. I won't spoil it for you, but yeah. So let's call him Mr. Wickham. Um, amazing man, beautiful man with a beautiful heart. Um, at least the sides of his heart that he chose to show me, I thought were beautiful. And um, we'd known of each other through mutual friends. Um, and when I say mutual friends, they weren't necessarily people that um, we were close with, had close relationships with, but they were people that we knew nonetheless. And um, yeah, so we met and it was chemistry immediately. Like it, we hit it off so well. It was like we'd known each other um, since forever. And pretty soon, I would say your girl was catching feelings instead of lights. Like, I was sprung, like T-Pain sprung, yeah? Um, and I can't, till this, day, till this day, I can't tell you what he felt. Um, because it was never something that we actually ever spoke about. But I know for a fact that there was always chemistry. Other people always saw that there was chemistry. Um, it was there sizzling underneath the flirting, the banter. And even in the moments where we chose to show, where we chose to share, sorry, vulnerable parts of ourselves with each other. And so, yeah, we were getting to know each other, talking pretty much every day. Um, and it was a new experience for me because it had been a while since I'd met someone who I was remotely interested in. Um, it'd been a while since I met somebody who was as wonderful as Mr. Wickham was. Um, and I think what added to my excitement in hindsight is the fact that a few weeks before meeting him, I'd done this thing where I'd written down this, this, plan I had like a vision board of some sort um I was really in my write the vision make it plain bag and this is not just relating to marriage or to a wedding it was a whole load of other things but marriage and a, a wedding a relationship all of those things were on this on this vision board that I'd put together um and so I'd, I'd put this vision board together and then a few weeks later along comes Mr Wickham Musa like right bang in the middle of this thing and I thought to myself 
this is prophetic this is prophecy in action you know i are you telling me that i wrote these things down and they're actually starting to happen that is insane and almost <laughs> i can't lie to you i was gassed i was definitely gassed um and that's how i was just enjoying everything literally just enjoying the the process of getting to know him and getting to know um his story and it was just excitement galore and it was exciting until it wasn't exciting anymore something changed and it was evident at least to me that something had changed something had shifted in the dynamic of our relationship or of the relationship and when I use the word relationship I'm not talking about exclusive dating or anything like that but in the relationship that we had person to person now being what I would call an over a a recovering overthinker I began thinking about this situation all the time and I was trying to figure out what had happened um and if I'm honest I can hold up both hands and say that I thought it was me I really really began to question myself and while I admit that I could have handled myself better in terms of how I handled and managed my emotions and feelings um I don't think that I did anything silly I don't think I did anything untoward um but I definitely began to feel a little bit taken advantage of um taken advantage of in the sense that I felt as though my kindness and my softness had been taken for granted or as though um I was or as a fellow creative I felt like I was no longer a muse or a sounding board upon which he could bounce off ideas and I felt kind of discarded and and tossed to the side um and these are all things that I didn't realize I was thinking or feeling at the time but I can definitely say in hindsight that this was what was going through my mind but I was thinking about a whole lot of things um and you know like I said everything was exciting until it wasn't exciting anymore and it was thinking about this situation and reflecting on this situation on that Friday evening that led me to contentment and to fulfillment now when I first heard those words or when those words first came to mind I really had to kind of you know contort my face into one in one way like what on earth is that got to do with this and so the first thing I did is I went to the dictionary Um, I looked at contentment and then I looked at fulfillment so for contentment these are some of the definitions I found that I liked Um, number one satisfaction ease of mind the state of being contented And then fulfillment is to carry out, to bring to realization, to satisfy, to develop the full potential of. Now, after reading those definitions, I was able to understand that contentment isn't concerned with or moved by excitement because excitement is fleeting. And as I applied that situation, that definition rather, and that realization to my situation with Mr. Wickham, I realized that I was attempting to or starting to build and base my idea of the future on excitement. Now, I think it's important for me to say that excitement isn't wrong. There is nothing absolutely wrong with excitement it's one of those things that adds color and character and and layers to our lives um but to build and base our lives on it is dangerous and i think that's what i was starting to that's what i was starting to do 
I'm finding now as I'm, you know, reflecting on all of this stuff that excitement can be addictive in a way, you know, and we then start chasing after it. We start pursuing it, thinking that it will bring us fulfillment, even if we can't necessarily put um, a name to the reason why we're chasing after it. But in reality, if you kind of lay the bare bones out, we'll find that the reason is we're chasing fulfillment. Now, let me give an example. And this this example might be a bit extreme. It might be a bit left field. Um, but please roll with me a little bit. Track with me. Um, trigger warning. Trigger warning. I'm going to talk about uh, substance abuse. So now, if you've ever spoken to a drug addict or a recovering drug addict, um, or if you've ever watched a documentary like me, even though I've kind of stopped watching crime documentaries now, I don't really have an interest in them because I'm trying to protect my mental. But anyway, if you've ever spoken to a a drug addict or a recovering drug addict, one of the things that they will say is that the first time was the best time. That first high was unlike anything they've ever felt. It was extraterrestrial. It was out of body. It was phenomenal. They would give you all the adjectives to describe that feeling. And it seems as though the recurring theme with all of these individuals is that every single time after that, they were continuing to try. They were continuing. They were continuing the drug um, abuse in order to try and recreate that first high. The sad thing is that that first high never comes. And what then happens is that you have to increase your drug use in order to just get a fraction of that first high that you that you had the first time you took the drug. And it never comes. And the reason is that first high gives a false sense of what is actually real. Now, if I look this back to my relationship with Mr. Wickham, I think what I had done was I had loved the early excitement to cloud my vision and I was ignoring the red flags and I was pursuing that feeling of excitement thinking that it was fulfillment even if I didn't realize it at the time and as a result as I said I was ignoring things that I should not have been ignoring now let me say that I don't necessarily think that red flags are a bad thing um, I think that red light red flags are very much like red lights stop pause take a look take notice of ask yourself some really difficult questions can i live with this is this important to me are we aligned does this meet my need um am i willing to compromise on this and when i look back in in reflection of course like i said a lot although i'm i'm reaching closure i'm still kind of in the situation if that makes sense but yeah um when i look back and i am honest with myself the gut honest truth i think that there were red flags that i really wasn't paying attention to red flags like not keeping to your word for example um something happened to me and i i shared this with him and without prompting he said that he'd do something to help right which was great and like a normal human being who was raised right I was appreciative um but he never did it he never did it and he never offered any explanation for why he never did it and it was then that I realized and this was the kind of like towards the end like the last straw for me it was then that I realized that it was a pattern a pattern of um 
saying that you would do something but not following through with that thing and it was a pattern that unsettled me and if I'm honest with myself it unsettled me from the very very beginning but because of how I was feeling the excitement um, of you know this thing that was new and that was fresh and was was different I ignored all of those things but what I think I have learned in the process what time has taught me is that excitement is only sweetened by contentment. Excitement on its own is cool, but it's sweeter when you are content. When you are content, excitement makes life that much more beautiful to behold. And when you are content, all the other things that life will bring, all the other additions that bring excitement, like finding love and you know, building a career, losing your religion and finding your faith, all of those things bring you fulfillment. If I think back to the time when I met Mr. Wickham, I wasn't content. And truth be told, I actually think that I was in a time of mourning. I'd lost something that was incredibly special to me. And his entrance into my picture and into my tapestry distracted me. And it's not necessarily that he was a distraction, but more so that I was distracted. Because I was in that period of mourning, I was unsettled and I was restless and I was discontent with what was happening in my life at the time. And I think part of me was quite clearly looking for something or someone to take my mind off of the things that really needed work and off of off of the things that really needed um, to be addressed. Being being um, wrapped in the excitement of the whole situation made me lead with my feelings first and the result is that it led me down a path that eventually bruised my ego and it wounded me some I'll be honest with you my I was really you know by the end of the whole thing I did really you know feel really really um hurt um but a big lesson that I've learned and I might do a separate episode on this somewhere down the line I don't know but one thing that I'm definitely learning in this season is not to ask people to give you what they don't have um because when we do that we we place i guess it comes back down to expectations we place expectations on people to do certain things to be certain things to fulfill certain things and they're unable to do that and that feeds into our disappointment it feeds into our our trauma responses um but i'm learning not um to do that that being said, I didn't know it at the time. And so I allowed myself, um, because of excitement and leading with my feelings, I allowed myself to get into a situation where I would end up being hurt. Not necessarily because he did anything wrong, but just because he couldn't give me what I needed. Happiness and um, and excitement and all of the things that are f- all and all of those things rather they're fleeting and I think that I've realized that in my life chasing after those things pursuing excitement instead of fulfillment and contentment um, is a recipe for disaster and the end result of that is that I'll always be searching for something I'll always be searching for something to fill that hole and fill that gap so someone might be listening and you might be thinking oh wow she's finally spoken about a romantic relationship 
um, you're welcome. <laughs> um, the next thing that you might be thinking is that, okay, Jabra, you said all of that. How do I then live a life of fulfillment? How do I then live a life of contentment? Well, I'm glad you asked because um, I've come through with a list. You know, I like a good list. Um, so I will start with contentment. I've got four things written down here of how you can become content in your life. The first one that I've written down here is stillness. Now, Deborah Chosen and I, we actually talked a lot about stillness on our episode, um, but you never got to hear it. We, um, we alluded to this in our episode, but we really, really went through it trying to record that episode. It was a struggle story. And if you listen close enough to that episode, you might even be able to tell the spaces or the areas where I did overdubs. If you can't tell, then I did a fantastic job. Um, but after a while, I was just like, yeah, I can't, I can't do this for the entire episode. This would just be a nightmare to do. So I hit my girl up and we recorded again. And even then it was a, a struggle story, but we did it in the end. And I say all of that to say, we spoke about stillness. We spoke about how key it is to be still. And actually, um, in my episode with Ben on navigating life with faith, he talked about stillness as a means of maintaining your integrity. Um, but stillness is really key. Um, pausing to breathe in deep and reflect and reflect on why you feel the way that you feel. Uh, finding out what is really true from what you believe to be true because sometimes the two are very different your perceived um, truth can be different from the actual truth the real truth and what stillness affords you the opportunity to do is to stop and reflect and take stock and assess before you then act and before you make decisions stillness is a great way to maintain an attitude and a lifestyle and a culture of contentment number two separate your wants from your needs now the lines between those two things can be very very blurry they get blurred really easily and it's easy to make the mistake of thinking one to be the other i found in my life though that when i assess the reasons why I want something, I often find that it is that it is masking a need. And that need is being packaged up as a want that I then aggressively go after. But when I'm still, haha, when I'm still and when I assess the reasons why I feel the way that I feel, I'm able to make the distinction between what is a want and what is a need. Or make the distinction between what is it that is fueling my want. And oftentimes when I'm able to make that distinction and identify the need and have that need met, the want disappears or it dissolves. Um, So separating your needs from your wants, again, fantastic way to maintain, to cultivate, to live a lifestyle of contentment. Um, Number three, be present. Now, this is definitely something that I can say that um, Mr. Wickham and I did really well whenever we were physically together um, in the same space is that we would be very present with one another, no distractions. And no distractions looks like um, putting the phone to one side or not engaging in um, conversations with 
you know, people that may have been around us, say like in a restaurant or something like that. Um, but just being very focused and present with each other. And actually, I think that's something that I do really well with all of my friends. Um, and being present to me looks like paying attention and listening and observing and picking up on things that may not necessarily be said. It shows my intent. It shows my um, willingness to be there not just physically but emotionally and mentally as well and being present looks different um for um different people because at the end of the day it's really difficult to be present these days there are so many things going on so many distractions so many things vying for our attention and the result is that we don't take the opportunity to just appreciate the beauty of the moment even the mundane moments being present looks different for different people. For one person, it could look like not postponing happiness. For another person, it could look like not postponing rest um, or not postponing peace. Being present looks like finding, um, what's the word? Finding small opportunities every single day to enjoy the beauty, the privilege and the pleasure of just being alive, you know? And I'm saying it and it's fallen off my mouth like butter, but the truth of the matter is, is that it is tough. It's tough, but it's not impossible. Um, so yeah, being present is really key. Um, and the last one for um, how to live a life of contentment is gratitude. Gratitude is so important. Every single day, every single moment, there is something to be grateful for, something to give thanks for. Um, and I'm saying this to myself as much as I'm saying it to you as well. If you can, write them down. Write the things that you're grateful for. Write them down. If you're old school with pen and paper, if you're new school on your device, write them down. Make notes. And when those moments of sadness or discontentment come, you can look back over them and you'll find new reasons to be grateful. And how do you live a life of fulfillment? This one's a lot shorter. I'll give you three things. Number one, continuously challenge yourself to grow. There is this sweet, sweet feeling of fulfillment when we take stock of our lives, when we do an inventory and we find that we've grown, when we find that the muscles of our characters have grown, they've become stronger, they've become more refined, they've gained body they've gained mass there's a sweet sense of fulfillment that comes with that so you have to continuously challenge yourself to grow um there's someone i know um he's quite famous i won't i won't put his name out there but basically he said that he tries to be one percent better today than he was yesterday so that by the end of the year he is 365 percent better than he was when he started the year now, if I was to just give you that number and say you can be 365% better at the end of this year, you would think that that's a big number. You might even think that I'm crazy. But when you put it into perspective like that, it makes it easier to see how it is possible to challenge yourself to grow every single day. Stay hungry, not greedy, but hungry. Develop and cultivate a thirst for knowledge. Do what you can to live authentically. It's so important. Live authentically. If you preach it, live it. It's simple. You know, whatever you do in whatever way, however way you choose to do it, challenge yourself to grow.
that will bring you a sense, a beautiful sense of fulfillment. Number two, give. I think it's interesting that I wrote this down when I did because now that I'm able to identify the space that I'm in in terms of um, being quote unquote the strong friend and feeling like I have nothing left to give. Um, but this is, is so important and it's, it's something by which I live my life. Um, I, I definitely believe in my heart of hearts that if giving was a core and focal part of our society, of our communities and all of our other stuff, I genuinely think that the world would be a better place. There would be so much less emphasis on self, but but on giving and serving others. And it makes a world of difference, you know. Um, I remember one of the conversations I had with Mr. Wickham and something I said to him is that if two people in a, re- in, in a relationship are constantly seeking to serve one another, then how can one ever be in lack? Um, and it's so true. If we are constantly trying to serve one another, if both of us are serving one another, then how can we be in lack? That is what it means to give. And and to be honest, giving is the summation, the total summation of the second most important commandment, which is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And when you love, you give, right? And we see that also in the demonstration of what God did um, in giving us Jesus Christ. John 3.16, a very, very famous scripture that Christians and non-Christians know all about. But it simply says that for God so loved the world that he gave He gave his only begotten son. It was a gift that he gave us and it was born out of love. When we give, when we love and we love well, there is a wonderful, unparalleled sense and feeling of fulfillment that comes with it. And last but not least, number three, um, connect with and associate with something that is bigger than you. Now, I I came to this realization, um, maybe about five or six years ago um I can't remember what's happening in my life at the moment but I just had this epiphany where I realized that it's not all about me it really really isn't all about me and I'd got it so twist up turned right upside down believing that it was all about me and that led me to be very very self-centered and I know well let me not say I know I reckon the people in my life would say otherwise they would say that I've always been very giving very loving and all of those things and I do believe that that is true but I also believe that I was very self-centered in how I was living my life and how I was conducting my relationships and how I was doing certain things but what I learned at that time when that epiphany came and what I have seen be true since that time is that when you connect with and you associate with something bigger than you it's very very humbling and it's something that helps to build a depth a depth of character within you a depth of character that is happy to serve a depth of character that is willing to go the extra mile for people a depth of character that is willing to be the best version of yourself that you can be so that you can leave a legacy so that your posterity speaks of the work that you've done. When you connect with something that is bigger than you, it takes the focus off of you. And there is no feeling, no feeling that can compare to seeing the rewards of your commitment to 
that thing or that project or that purpose that is bigger than you that fulfillment that comes with that it it feels it fills your entire being and when you are in that element you will find that honestly quite literally you glow from the inside out i can can't count how many times people say to me when i am in a certain element i just glow from the inside like the smile on my face is is just natural i i don't seem to i don't struggle or on the outside it doesn't look like i struggle when i am in that space connecting with and associating myself with something bigger than i am and so i would encourage you to do the same um in order for you to start living a life of fulfillment so that's what i would say um on this final episode of the navigation series on how to live a life of contentment and fulfillment I'm not here to say that any of these things are easy to do. Um, we're all human beings. We all make mistakes. We all slip up. Um, we are all still a work in progress and we will constantly and forever be a work in progress. And whilst uh, once upon a time that used to scare me, that used to you know worry me. Um, but now I think I appreciate it. Now I think I'm eager for the journey. Now I think I am more appreciative of the fact that I'm constantly growing. I'm constantly evolving. I'm constantly becoming because it means that um, the chances of me feeling as though I have fallen short and that I have failed are significantly less because the goal is to always be better than I once was. Um, in conclusion, I think now what I've come to understand Um, with everything that I've said, is that contentment and fulfillment birth excitement. But uh, contentment and fulfillment, contentment and fulfillment cannot be birthed from excitement. I'll say that again, and hopefully I don't stutter with all the strength that I could muster in this midnight hour. I've come to understand that contentment and fulfillment births excitement. But contentment and fulfillment cannot be birthed from excitement um i hope that what i've shared today um and not just the the you know romantic bit that i've shared um (laughs) has resonated with you some and that in some way way or the other i don't know you'll be able to connect with what i've said um and maybe consider some of the situations or some of your experiences that may um link to this topic or maybe open your eyes a bit to some of the things that um you've gone through and experienced um hopefully leading you to working towards finding ways your own ways your own unique ways of living a life of contentment and fulfillment i'm sorry i'm i'm suddenly so tired and so the words are literally just kind of swimming around in front of my face so yeah but i hope that last you know bit there made sense um yeah so that's the end of the navigation series once again i really do hope that you have enjoyed it i hope that it's been beneficial for for you i hope that you've gained and you've grown with me as i've gone along this journey um i never expected that i would share any bit of my my romantic relationship life romantic private life um on the podcast or in or on any public platform but i guess in some ways sometimes these things are necessary and hey i've always said never say never you know um oh and for those who are wondering mr wickham and i yeah i mean i guess you could say we're still friends 
um, we don't really talk often much at all and that might be for various reasons as I said I feel like I'm in a very alone season um, and I can only assume that he's busy living his life that's cool Um, I'm at peace with where we are now Um, and I can say I'm at peace now tomorrow I might feel a bit unsettled but right now in this midnight hour as I'm recording I'm at peace with that Um, so yeah that's it from me on this episode once again if you're not following me on social media you should be even though i'm on a hiatus i will be back soon so hit me up ayabola deborah on facebook twitter and instagram and also on the official social media pages for the podcast at the being pod at the being pod on twitter and on instagram i don't know when another episode is coming out can't lie to you um i think i'm gonna take a break Uh, and just enjoy the solitude enjoy the silence enjoy the time of being alone um a couple of my friends are probably listening to this mr wickham might even listen to this who knows um i'm okay guys i'm fine just wanted to say that um but yeah until next time later